life. You guys doing good today? All right. Do me a favor and keep clapping for those that are watching us right now live online. Thank you guys for being a part of our worship experience. Honored that you have chosen to worship with us today. Lots of exciting things going on in the month of October. Can you guys believe it is already October? I walked into Sam's the other day and they already had Christmas lights and Christmas trees going on. It's incredible that this year, 2018, is literally almost over. It seems like we just got started. But we're going to finish strong. I'm excited about the rest of this month and all of November, December, what God has for us in the fourth quarter of 2018. And really um, just encouraged to, to know um, what God really truly has in store for us and excited about even the coming year of 2019. But God is doing something great and special in each of our lives. And I know in many different ways, one of the most encouraging things I get to, I get to hear each and every week are, are, are folks that I have the opportunity to meet, you know, who came to our church for the very first time and uh, just how our church has made an impact or influence on someone else's life. And I just want to say thank you for inviting a friend. Thank you for reaching out to a friend. And you couldn't have picked a better day to invite a friend than today because we're, talk we're talking about relationships. We're kicking off a brand new series called Relationships Made Simple. And it's been said that relationships are simple, but they're not easy. How many of you can get an amen on that one? I mean, that's, you know, they're, they're anything sometimes but simple. Um, they, they can be complicated. They can get messy, especially when you kind of step out there and uh, you step outside of your comfort zone. You kind of take a, what I call relational risk. And when you put yourself out there, sometimes that's where things get complicated. That's where uh, there can be a little drama. That's where there can be moments of confusion because... Sometimes things are anything but simple when it comes to, to the relationships in our lives. And next weekend, I'm actually going to be uh, talking about a subject matter. And I think uh, if you're married or if you're thinking about getting married, uh, one that you can certainly relate to. In fact, I asked my wife, Michelle, to join me. We're going to be tag teaming uh, next weekend. We're going to be talking about how to make marriage simple. I think sometimes we overcomplicate the marriage relationship. Uh, the following week, we're going to be talking about our families made simple. You know, as, if you're a parent and raising kids, it, you know, it, it can be challenging. It can get messy. But there is a simple way I think we can follow according to God's design. But we're also going to be ending this month. And as you just witnessed on the Rethink Life, Life News a, a few moments ago, uh, we're going to be ending this month with a powerful day. And uh, we hope that you'll come and join us uh, after the 11 o'clock service. We're having a family fun day. We're going to be talking about friendship with God. I don't think there's any greater relationship we could ever have than, of course, our relationship and friendship with God. And so when you think about relationships made simple, today what I want to do is I really want to talk to you for a moment about simplifying your friendships. Simplifying your friendships. It's not about our friendships being perfect, it's really about making friendships simple. How do you do that? Well, I think you could really summarize it in one of two ways. And here it is. There's something referred to as the right they or the wrong they. That's the way I like to frame it. When you think about keeping friendships simple, who are they? It's the right they or the wrong they in our lives. Have you ever walked into a conversation uh, taking place among several people? Or maybe you were in a one-on-one -on -one conversation with someone, and you heard people say, they think, they feel, they said, they believe. 
Have you ever paused for a moment and asked yourself the question, well, who are they? And often what happens is that sometimes the they typically is just a few, but they can become everyone in our minds. And so often what happens is that we can listen to the wrong they, and sometimes the sway of they can lead us astray. So it really comes down to the issue of our friendships. How do we simplify? How do we make our friendships simple? When Proverbs chapter 27, verse 19, I love this. It's in the Living Bible uh, paraphrased version. It says, a mirror reflects a man's face, but when he is really old. No, not when he's really old or not when he's really young. No, no, no. When you look at someone... A mirror reflects a man's face, but when he is really, what he is really like is shown by the kind of friends he what? He chooses. So in essence, if you really want to get to know me, look at my friends. If, if, I, want to, if I really want to get to know you, I look at your friends. And what's interesting, when you think about the sway of they, our friends, they have a profound effect on our lives. And that's why we're unpacking it today. And the reason why we're unpacking is because when I talk with people, uh, so often what happens and when they uh, come to me sometimes for uh, maybe counseling or they're, they're talking to me about a situation or the circumstance going on in their life, it usually has a relational thread connected to it. Usually there's somebody that's speaking into them, somebody who's advising them, somebody who is maybe expressing their opinion about their situation or about their circumstances or about what they should do. But the question is, who are the they in their life and who are they listening to? Let me put it to you this way. Our association leads to our participation. And our participation will ultimately determine our destination. So in essence, when we associate with the wrong they, when we associate with people who maybe are negative, people who gossip, well, guess what? You associate with them long enough, guess what you're going to participate in? The same thing, which ultimately will lead you to a destination that God never intended for you to go. Same is true with people in our lives who may be toxic or unhealthy. Situations going on in their world. Well, if you associate with toxic, unhealthy people, well, guess what? You're going to start participating in toxic, unhealthy habits and, 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 and maybe hang-ups that will ultimately determine your destination. If you associate with people who are immoral, if you associate with people who like live a, a lifestyle that is anything but God's plan and purpose, well, guess what? Over time, if we associate with them long enough, we will participate in the things that they're doing, which will ultimately lead us to our destination. So our association will influence our participation, which will take us to our destination. And I think it's important that we realize that all through that are often relationships and friendship threads. And we have to follow the threads. We have to follow who it is that we're allowing in our lives and the influence they're having on our lives. And there's a passage of scripture in Nehemiah chapter 2 
And I'm going to just uh, camp out here today for a few moments because there's a, an incredible story about Nehemiah who happened to be a Jew. Uh, he, along with many of his fellow brothers and sisters, had been uh, exiled. They had been captivate, captive, uh, They had been uh, uh, held captive in a place called Persia. And because they had been taken away from their homeland into this place uh, called Persia, well, what happened was is that many of them became slaves. They were thrown into a foreign land, a foreign culture. And Nehemiah was assigned uh, a role, a responsibility. It was called a cupbearer. Now, a cupbearer uh, was not a, necessarily a glamorous title or a role, but it was something that he did in the form of a task to taste the wine before the king drank the wine. That way, if anybody had poisoned the wine, the cupbearer would be the guy that would be toast, not the king. And so Nehemiah was the cupbearer. He was the guy who was tasting the wine before the king drank. And so in this moment, uh, over a period of time, the king began to show favor to Nehemiah. Nehemiah gained his respect. And so through this friendship, what had happened was is that one day Nehemiah approached the king and because he had a burden for his homeland, he had a burden for the city of Jerusalem that had now been destroyed. It was besieged. Uh, the, the walls of the city at one time were fortified and secure had been taken over. There was nothing but rubble everywhere. And so his news had traveled back to the devastation um, that was taking place there in Jerusalem, news had traveled back to Nehemiah. So he approached the king and he asked for permission to allow Nehemiah to go back to his homeland and to mobilize a group of people that would ultimately rebuild the city, rebuild the walls. In fact, he did it in just 52 days. An amazing story. But here's the cool thing. Because King Artaxerxes gave him favor, he gave him the credentials of everything that he needed. So Nehemiah left Persia, he goes back to Jerusalem, and now all of a sudden he, he gathers, he rounds up a group of people who not only hear what it is that God has placed inside of his heart, but inside of their hearts, they came together, and in unity, they said, let's go, let's rebuild the walls, let's rebuild our city, and rebuild the temple of God, our house of worship. And so we find the story as it continues in verse 17 through 20. But now I said to them, you know very well what trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and, the, and, the, and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and end this disgrace. Then I told them about how the gracious hand of God had been on me. And about my conversation with the king. And, and they replied at once, yes, let's rebuild the wall. So they began the good work. I love that. So they began the good work. I believe with all of my heart that God wants to begin a good work in your life. You believe that? Listen, God wants to build something in your life. He wants to build a great life. He wants to build a great marriage. He wants to build great friendships and relationships through you and in you. Listen, God wants to build great character. He wants you to be a, a great person of integrity. Listen, God wants to accomplish great things. He wants to build something in you and through you to accomplish His purposes and His plans. And so when we surround ourselves with people who, who not only 
believe in the same thing that we believe in, but are all about building God's plans and God's purposes and building something great for God by doing something great for God, here is what will happen. What will happen is, is the wrong they will suddenly emerge. And we see it in verses 19 through 20. But when Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, the Arab, heard of our plan, they scoffed contemptuously. What are you doing? Are you rebelling against the king, they asked? I replied, the God of heaven will help us succeed. We, his servants, will start rebuilding this wall, but you have no share, legal right, or historic claim in Jerusalem. So here's what we learn. What we learn is that the importance of associating with the right people, the right they, allows you to build something great for God. Associating with the right people allows you to come together in strength because there's strength in numbers. So when you surround yourself by the right they, when you have the right associations, well, guess what? Now you're participating in something great for God because you're building something great for God, which leads you to your ultimate destination, which is fulfilling the plans and the purposes of God. So if God wants you to build a great marriage and a great life and a great family, man, he wants you to, to build a great testimony in the, in the people that you, you have the opportunity to influence and impact, well, guess what? Man, that is a part of God's plan and God's purpose. But the moment you step out in faith, the moment you begin to pursue something great for God, the moment you begin building something great for God is the very moment that the, that the wrong they will often manifest themselves. Why is that? Simply because the Bible says Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy wants to do everything he can to oppose that and counterattack that. The enemy wants to do everything he can to throw cold water on what God wants to build, what God wants to accomplish in and through our lives. And so here's what we see once again in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 12. The Jews who live near the enemy came and told us again and again. They will come, notice the word they, they will come from all directions and attack us. It's interesting, Nehemiah, he's mobilized the right they, the right people in his life to build something great for God, to accomplish the mission and the purposes of God. Suddenly, the wrong they come out of the woodwork. The wrong way, the wrong they show up and they begin to criticize. They begin to, to say negative things. They begin to try to use intimidation. They begin to discourage what it was that God wanted to build and accomplish in and through Nehemiah and his friends. And so the Bible says in verse 14, Then I looked over the situation, Nehemiah said. I called together the nobles and the rest of the people and said to them, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. So what Nehemiah is helping us understand that if we're going to build something great in our lives, we're going to build something to accomplish God's purposes and God's plans in us and through us, then we have to associate with the right people. In other words, we need the right 
they in our lives? So really the big question is, is how do you know the difference between the right they and the wrong they? You ever thought about that? I mean, how do you know? I mean, how in the world can you really determine or distinguish the difference between the two? Sometimes we have to do what I call a friendentory. So we have to really examine and look at closely who our associations with, who, who our associations are with. Why? Because our associations will lead to our participation, which ultimately will lead to our destination. So let's look quickly at the wrong they. Here are three things that the wrong they will do or perhaps influence in our lives in a negative way. Number one is they will keep us from our uniqueness. They keep us from our uniqueness. Listen, do you realize that every one of us in this room, we all have a unique divine design. Now think about that. Your divine design has a destiny attached to it. You ever thought about that? So because we are fearfully and wonderfully made, we are unique. We are one of a kind. When God made you, he broke the mold. God doesn't need, listen, he doesn't need you to be somebody else. No, God made you to be uniquely you. So why in the world would we try to compete or why in the world would we try to compare with someone else when God wants us to be us? And I think what happens a lot of times is that we find ourselves becoming so preoccupied with what other people are doing and how other people are doing it. Once again, if we're not careful, we can bend our ear to the wrong they and the sway of they can lead us astray from being the person whom God has created us to be. I had coffee one time with a guy who wanted to get with me and it was interesting as we were talking he'd been coming to our church for a while and he said uh, he said pastor you know I've, I've, I've been observing and I, and I think and the Lord's put it on my heart and it's interesting he said the Lord put it on his heart he said the Lord put it on my heart he said you know I really feel like you should be more like this and I listen to his thoughts and his suggestions, but he rolled out several things that he thought I should be more like this. And I thought to myself, well, you're telling me to be more like you because the very things you're telling me I should be more like are the very things you're telling me is what you're passionate about. So if that's what you're passionate about, then why don't you do something about it? Why are you waiting on me to do what God has called you to be and what God has called you to do? And in his own way, what he was trying to do is he was trying to divert my attention because if I were to listen and say, you are so right, that is an amazing revelation. I should be more like you. Then what would happen is it would prevent me from being who God has called me to be, who God made me to be. My heart is different than his heart. Nothing wrong with his heart. It's just that God didn't give me the same heart that he's got. God gave me a different kind of heart, things that I'm more passionate about, things I'm more gifted to do, things that I have strengths in. And so why in the world would I want to conform 
and allow myself to, to maybe be wrapped up in what other people might say or what other people may think that I should be or do. No, 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 no. We have to be uniquely who God has created us to be. So a friend is somebody who's going to help champion the you that God created you to be. The right kind of friend is going to be a person who's not trying to divert you away from God's plan and purposes, but getting you to be something you're not. No, the right kind of friend is going to encourage you to keep running your race, to keep staying in your lane, so that you can fulfill the divine design and the destiny that God has attached to that. So we have to understand the wrong they will keep us from our uniqueness. Number two is that they would keep us from fulfilling our purpose. Nehemiah had a purpose. You know what his purpose was? His purpose was to leave Persia and to go back to his homeland there in Jerusalem for one reason, and that was to rebuild the walls. Why? Because without the walls of protection, they were vulnerable to the attack of those from the outside. So he knew and he understood that they needed to be well protected. They needed to be insulated. They needed to be guarded from the outside attacks. So he had a mission and a purpose, and it was to rebuild the walls, and he wanted to restore the temple of God. Why? Because it was the place of worship. It was the place that was near and dear to his heart. And because of the right they that he associated with, that was their mission, that was their vision, and that was their purpose, and they were aligned together to accomplish what it was that God had called them to do. And they did it in 52 days. Now, the wrong day will come alongside, and they'll be the sidewalk supervisors. The wrong day will say, why are you wasting your time doing that? The wrong day will speak negative about something positive you're trying to accomplish for the glory of God. So at the end of the day, we've got to ask the question, who are they? And the wrong day will not only keep us from our uniqueness, the wrong day, they will keep us from fulfilling our purpose. And can I just give you a little advice? Anytime somebody is trying to maybe discourage you from fulfilling what God is trying to build in your life, listen, if you're trying to build a great marriage, guess what? There are going to be some, pe some people who, 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 that's not a top priority for their life, but they're going to try to convince you to do what they're doing on the weekends. Hey, if you're single and you're trying to build a great life of character and integrity, and you're trying to live a lifestyle that's fully pleasing to God in every area of your life, but yet you allow these guys who are partying up on Friday and Saturday and Sundays, well, guess what? They can get you derailed from the very purpose of that God is calling you to fulfill because he's trying to build something great in your life. So what do you do? What do you do with people who perhaps are having a negative influence, who are maybe forming as a, as a, as a place of temptation where, where we feel the sway of they is so intense. What do we do? Do we chase them down and try to convince them and say, oh, I can change their mind. I can, I can change their viewpoint. No, 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 no. Here's what you do. You pray and you stay above the fray. You just keep running your race. You keep staying focused on your purposes because your purposes and your plans are what God is trying to build in your life because they're his purposes and his plans. Amen. So when you think about that, 
the wrong day, they keep us from our uniqueness. The wrong day, they keep us from fulfilling our purpose. And the wrong day, you ready for this? They keep us frozen in fear. You say, how in the world do they keep us frozen in fear? Because we are so concerned about what they are going to say or what they are going to think or what they might do. Well, guess what? Life's too short to live in fear. Life is too short to live in fear of what they might say or what they might think. When God has given us a destiny and we have to keep pursuing who it is and what it is that God is calling us to be and do. And so with that said, here are the right they. We've looked at three things specifically that typically are they're associated with the wrong they and the, and the things that the wrong they sometimes will have influence over our lives that, that get us distracted. But what, the, what, what does the right they actually look like? You ready for this? Here's, here is how the right they can be quickly seen. Here's how, here's how it goes. The right they always have he in the middle. That's how you know if someone is the right they. Because the right they always have Jesus at the center of every area of their life. The, the right they are those who, who's, who's made Jesus the priority of their life. The right they are the people who, who, are, who are inspiring us and challenging us to fulfill our divine design, our destiny, what it is that God has called us to be and do. Why? Because they are pursuing the same thing. It's he in the middle of they. So let's quickly look at what the right they are all about. And if you take a notes, I would encourage you to jot this down vertically somewhere on your notepad or your notes there that we've provided for you because the T in the letter they simply stands for tough. You say tough, you mean like, man, they need to be like ready to take somebody out. No, 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 no. I'm talking about people who are tough spiritually. I'm talking about people who are not influenced by the sway of they. No, I'm talking about people who are spiritually secure in who they are and whose they are. They're spiritually tough. And here's the key. They're, they're tough spiritually. They're tough mentally. They're tough emotionally. They're tough relationally. And here's how you know how tough they are. Because the moment you go through difficulties, the moment you go through the rivers of difficulty, Isaiah says, the moment you go through the fire, the moment you go through trials, the moment you go through hard times, look around you and see who are the they in your life. Because the right they who have he in the center of their lives are going to walk in when everybody else walks out. And here's what the scripture says. The Bible says in Proverbs 17, verse 17, a friend loves, loves you at how many times? All the time. And a brother helps in time of what? Of trouble. So the question is, who are the people in your life? And are the right they there to speak life and to speak hope? And are they there when times get hard? The H stands for honest. In Proverbs 24, verse 26, it says, an honest answer is a sign of true friendship. Here's what, a, here's what, here's what the right they will do in your life. You ready for this? The right they will say things, will speak into your life that will help take you where you need to go, not necessarily where you want to go. I was having a conversation with a, a 
gentleman that serves on our board. And I was seeking his wisdom and his counsel, and I really thought that he was going to affirm what I was feeling was the right thing to do. And in the middle of our conversation, he said to me something that I needed to hear, not what I wanted to hear. And it was a profound moment. It was like a revelation. It was also something that God used to really crystallize in my heart what God needed and wanted to accomplish. And it was interesting. And the reason why is simply because I think so often, if we're not careful, when someone who loves us, someone who's speaking the truth in love, who's truly being sincere and honest, who's telling you what you need to hear, you really have two responses. Listen, their honest truth can either make you mad or it's going to make you mature. And a true friend, a real friend, the right they, or someone who's going to be honest, who's going to tell you things that you need to hear, not necessarily things that you want to hear. They're going to speak the truth in love, and they're going to help you. Why? Because they know you're trying to build something great in your life. And because they understand that you're trying to build something great in your life, they don't want you to make the wrong decisions, or they don't want you to be blindsided by something that you're unaware of. They're going to call things out. Why? Because they're being honest. They're saying, hey, this is something you need to know. This is something you need to hear. And who are the they in your life that's being honest with you, that's being truthful with you, who, who, who can call you out? Maybe you're not where you could be or should be in your marriage relationship. Maybe you're, maybe you're not the kind of parents that your children are needing desperately from you. Maybe you're, 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 you're beginning to, to flirt with some, with some friendships over here that are kind of in the fray that, that you're not supposed to be. And the sway of they keeps taking you further and further away from where God's intended plans and purposes are for you. You need somebody that can say, hey, stay focused on who God has called you to be and do. Amen? Because the right they always have he in the center. The E is the word that stands for encouraging. In Proverbs 11 verse 10, the whole city, I love this, the whole city celebrates when the godly succeed. Who are the people in your life who are encouraging you, who are celebrating you. When you have success, when, 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 when something, when God answers prayer, when, when, when you experience something good and positive in your life and you share that with a friend, do they kind of keep a little quiet? Do they maybe respond with a little bit of sarcasm? Or do they maybe say something that kind of suddenly deflates what God has just done or is doing in and through your life? I've learned a long time ago. You want to spend time with people who will celebrate you, not tolerate you. Listen, life's too short to compete, to compare. We've got to learn to speak life, to speak faith, words of hope, words of encouragement, words that build up. That's why I love Ephesians 4.29. What does it say? It says, let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words 
will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Somebody needs to hear words of life. Hey, somebody needs to hear words of hope today. Hey, learn, turn to your neighbor and say, you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. Hey, hang in there. Keep at it. Keep at it. Keep going. Keep running your race. You keep being you. Because your design has a destiny to it. And the why stands for yielded. In other words, we need some G220 people in our lives. You say, G220, what in the world? Who are they? <laughs> the G220 people are the, the Apostle Paul people who said, hey, it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The right they have the he in the middle. They're at the center of everything. And so when we're yielded, what are we doing? We're putting God's agenda before our own. We're putting His purposes before our own. What we do is we're saying, you know what? It's not about me. It's about God. It's about how I can help others. It's about how I can serve one another. And that's really what the golden rule is all about. And Matthew, what did Jesus say? Hey, do for others what you would have them do for you. So whatever it is that you need, well, go do that for somebody else and watch it come back full circle to you. And so the best way to associate with the right they begins by being the right they. And so it requires living a yielded life. So there are two kinds of people. Right they, wrong they. We have to ask the question, who are the they in our lives? Don't listen to the sway of they associate yourself with the right they so that you can fulfill the very plan and purpose that God has for you let's bow our heads together in a word of prayer